This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau, the voice of agriculture. Good Friday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Farm groups are stepping up their efforts to call for congressional agreement on disaster aid for hurricane, flood, and wildfire impacted producers. 135 farm groups and banks sent a letter to Capitol Hill leaders today calling for immediate action to address the dire situations impacting producers and rural communities across the nation. Last week, Congress left Washington for a two-week recess without passing supplemental disaster assistance. The groups say the livelihoods of farm families and the economic health of rural communities are at stake as action awaits. Paul Schlegel is the vice president of public affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation, one of the groups to sign the letter. He says both parties understand the need for the assistance. There's probably a conviction on both sides of the aisle that something needs to be done, but there's some political gamesmanship going back and forth that's prevented us from getting something sent to the president. So the Farm Bureau, over the recess now, we've asked all of our members when they can connect with lawmakers to tell them the time for politics has passed. We have to get this thing done because there are too many farmers hurting. Congress is out of town next week and returns to Washington the following week. Schlegel says a bill should be considered as soon as they return. Farm Bureau is supporting the House Bill of 2157 is the number of it. We want to see a legislative disaster package enacted as swiftly as we can, and we don't want to see politics prevent very critical aid going out to farmers and ranchers. The letter estimates damages from the recent flooding in Nebraska, Iowa, and surrounding states at more than $3 billion. The agricultural damages from last year's hurricanes in the Carolinas and elsewhere in the southeast are estimated at almost $5.5 billion. A recent USDA report details the current state of the U.S. cattle herd. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. The number of cattle on feed for slaughter shows the highest inventory since the series of reports began in 1996. USDA livestock analyst Shale Shagam says feedlots with a capacity of 1,000 head or more totaled 12 million head at the beginning of this month. It was about 2% above a year ago. During March, 2 million head of cattle were placed on feed, which was 5% above a year ago. Feedlots marketed 1.8 million head of cattle, which was down 3% from a year ago. Steers make up 62% of total inventory, but he says there's a higher number of cows on feed this year compared to last. The fact that there is this higher percentage of heifers in feedlots can be a sign that the producers are putting them in the feed, have put them in the feedlots as opposed to keeping them back for addition to breeding herds. Shagam adds this month's numbers mirrored analysts' expectations. Steers on feed accounted for 7.4 million head, down 1%. Heifers accounted for 4.5 million head, up 8% from a year ago. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Canada is taking a more aggressive stance on neonicotinoids. The country's health and pesticide management agencies have announced upcoming rules to govern the use of certain neonic insecticides. Nigel Rain is a bee specialist at the University of Guelph near Toronto. He says the rules would come with some restrictions. They have decided to restrict the use of three of these pesticides, particularly for spray on fruits and vegetable crops, but they haven't really changed any of the uses with regard to seed treatments, which are really one of the major uses of these pesticides worldwide and in Canada. Rain says neonics have different impacts on different species of bees. Much of the information we have at this point is around honeybees, and they're actually quite unusual because they live in colonies and might be more resilient to the impacts of insecticides. There might actually be quite a substantial risk for ground-nesting bees, which make up most species, and spend almost all of their time in the soil, either developing as larvae or adults digging the nests and making the next generation of bees. So that might be something that we're not thinking about enough around impacts for pollinators. 
The restrictions stop short of outright bans sought by environmental groups in the country. Finally today, millions of Americans plan to celebrate Easter this weekend, an event celebrated at churches, in homes, and in grocery stores. According to figures compiled by WalletHub, Americans will spend $5.7 billion on food for the holiday, including $2.5 billion on candy. There will be 91 million chocolate bunnies and 16 billion jelly beans used to celebrate the occasion. It's a big holiday for eggs. About 180 million are purchased for Easter. The holiday isn't just a big deal for food producers, though. The cotton and textile sector gets to take advantage of about $3.3 billion in sales of new clothing. That's all for today's Drive Time, brought to you by the American Farm Bureau, the voice of agriculture. For more agriculture, trade, food, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.